All right, well, let's just, let's just jump in. Let's go to the, one of the most uncomfortable passages I've ever read in the New Testament. I think that hyper-grace is the most dangerous teaching in the church today. I think it's completely demonic. It's a joke. Um, you know, you just got to be bold enough sometimes. You don't need great truths. You need simple truths and just be bold enough to say them. It's ruining people's lives. It's giving people a license to do whatever in the world they want to do, and they call it Jesus. It's just it's nasty. It's a nasty one. And so you'll never hear someone in the hyper-grace camp ever go near this passage because this is on this side of the cross. This is in the New Covenant. Here we go, Acts chapter 12, as we continue today in part four of our series called Healing the Orphan Spirit. Acts chapter 12. He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. Now they joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, that's a great name. That is, I'm sorry, it is top three biblical name. <laughs> What's your name, son? I'm James, an apostle. What about you? John. What about you, fella? Blastus. <laughs> that dude played nose guard for Jerusalem middle, middle High School, I guarantee you. I picture him 4'8", 310 pounds, and just a ball of fury. Of course they secured the support of Blastus. I'm sorry, that is just... So there's a king, and his personal servant is named Blastus. A trusted personal servant of the king... They asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal royal robes, of course he was, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of a God, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. Three-point sermon here. Number one, if your name is Blastus, change it, all right? Part four over here is Lodibar, part four of our series. Lodibar is the land of desolation. It's where a person who belonged at the king's table named Mephibosheth, a crippled kid, actually belonged at the table. But because of a misunderstanding, miscommunication, David, the king, did not know that Mephibosheth was in Lodibar, the land of desolation. He finds out because he swore on oath to his best friend Jonathan that he would take care of anyone in Jonathan's family. He finds out that there's one left. Jonathan's dead now with his daddy Saul. David brings Mephibosheth to the table, and at the king's table is all protection, provision. It's okay now. He's home. He was living in Lodibar, but he deserved to live at home. I've prayed for a lot of people recently, and the Father will have me tell them, make them say out loud that they deserve this healing. And all four of the people I've said that, they almost can't get it out of their mouths. We have a very difficult time thinking we deserve anything. Mephibosheth deserved to be at the table. He deserved to be blessed because the covenant was really not about him in the first place. The covenant was about David and Jonathan. And when the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit had a conversation and decided what the new covenant was going to be, uh, they're, not, they're not looking at you as this whole thing is based upon your opinion. They, the Father sent Jesus to the cross to bring you into a new covenant. And whether or not I believe in it means a lot, but it doesn't mean anything to how the Father views that covenant. In other words, if I don't believe in the new covenant that I belong at the table, it doesn't bother the Father. It just keeps me in Lodibar. 
And that today we look at something that, that keeps us at the table. And that's something that keeps us at the table is gregarious humility. My wife and I took a walk at the beach last week and it just flowed out of my mouth. I didn't think it was prophetic, but she looked at me. She said, where did you read that? Who told you that? And I said, God just told me. I said, I, social media has ushered in a celebrity spirit to the church in the West. It's a real thing. What keeps you at the table is not admitting why you deserve to be there. It's not confessing who you are. It's not confessing independence on your own strength. It's not flashing your PhDs. It's not wearing your royal robes. And it's not giving a speech. And when people say, this must be God, this can't be a man, it's not saying, yeah. Being a person that gets to the table and stays at the table is a person that always takes every compliment, every crown ever given. You just flip it right back to the Father. In this passage right here, we see what has become so prevalent in our world. Anytime I think that any success I'm having has anything to do with my own competence or my own ability to make something happen, I've already lost. There's a man that gives a speech. He gives a speech, and they said, this must be a God. And the Holy Spirit was moving so thick in this time in Acts that anything that contradicted the heart of the Father didn't seem to go well. This mimics Ananias and Sapphira. So I have a warning for Bridgeway because the more that the light shines at Bridgeway, the less tolerance from heaven there will be on any one of us, including me, walking out how Herod walked out. There is actually a warning given to places where God pours himself out gregariously. Because as the light shines, the light shines. As the light shines, things are noticed. And the more that the father makes his heart home here, the same personality he had here is the same personality he has then. And so I just want to ask a question. Maybe this is for someone on podcast. Where have all the men and women of God that he's using all over the world, what happened to where we thought we had to promote ourselves so much? What if in your business you let the Father be your marketer more than you did your own self-reliance on your own social media. Social media in itself is amoral. It's like a brick. I can take a brick and throw it at Steve and hit him in the head, or I also can take a brick and build a house with it. The problem's not with the brick. Well, social media is great. Social media tells me that the Panthers are about to be at Walford and they're about to start practicing again soon. I like that information. There's nothing evil about that information. But with anything even amoral, there's a, there's a, there's a point where you're led to believe that you probably just need to promote yourself. You once got to the table from humility. You once got here because you found great sonship or daughtership with the father. You don't have on Lodi Bar clothes anymore, but you've been at the table so long now that it's tempting to, to believe that your place at the table has really something to do with you. The person that forgives the biggest is the person that knows how wretched his or her sin is. I never want to get so far into the conversation on how I'm a co-heir with him that I forget that he died for me when I was in my worst state. You know, it's interesting. The person that wins at the table, at the king's table, is the person that, that doesn't literally go back to Lodi Bar, but keeps it in the back of his or her mind of what that place once was. It produces a gratitude in me. 
there's nothing wrong with giving a speech metaphorically or being used by God the way that this passage said. There's nothing wrong with doing great things. And there's nothing wrong with someone in this room literally curing cancer. There's nothing wrong with the next great astronaut to come out of Bridgeway. There's nothing wrong with someone inventing something in here that, that, that makes Steve Jobs look like boredom. There's nothing wrong with all of that. The problem is not doing great things with our lives. The problem is when we turn any focus on my success, your success, inwardly, and we think it's about us. Remember the time where uh, that man fell at Peter's feet after a shadow was healing people? Remember what Peter said? Peter's very different from this guy. Peter said, stand up. What are you doing? Just a man. Get up. What are you doing? You see, this is a tricky conversation because there's gratitude and then there's false gratitude. (laughs) The enemy is so cunning. Gratitude is like, Father, I am just, I just so admit that I need you and I want you and you are the reason I'm at the table. And then there's that part of us that's also tempted when someone gives you a compliment for you to use the Lord's name in it. Well, it's just all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord. And you overplay your hand that way. Sometimes when this happens to you and you just do something great, sometimes you just need to say this real simply, God's good. I like how Dave Ramsey starts all the shows. How you doing, Dave? Better than I deserve. And then he goes into it. So this morning I want to look at a, at a passage that is quite interesting. Last night in the shower, I had not heard the Father speak to me all week about this sermon. And last night I said, tomorrow morning is Sunday. It's Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know if... You're busy or whatever, but tomorrow morning down here is Sunday morning. And I heard the song really loud in my spirit, Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and someone else. I have not heard that song since I was Ruthie's age. Love lift us up where we belong. I heard that song and I heard the whole thing. So I got out and looked at the lyrics. While I was listening to uh, the YouTube clip, I love Joe Cocker. Love him. I think God loves Joe Cocker. God sings to me in Joe Cocker songs. Um, While I was listening to the song, he downloaded the whole sermon to me. So here it goes. God asked me a question. If Jesus was God and perfect, then why did I send the Holy Spirit to him, Chad? And I thought, that is a great question. If God, if Jesus was God, if you believe Jesus is and was God, even when he was here, just raise your hand. Okay, so we're there. When he was here, he was God. He's perfect, sinless, blameless. But yet we have no recording, zero recording of him doing any works of power until he received the Holy Spirit. So Jesus didn't come from Lodibar. Jesus came from glory, went straight to the table, never spent any time in Lodibar, but yet was still tempted in the desert, so viciously tempted angels had to attend to him. Still tempted in every way that we are. But yet did not, we have no recording, we have zero recordings of any works of power until the age of 30 when he received the helper. Okay, hang on. Uh, Why? Let's think this through. This is what the Father said to me last night. I'm going to read it straight from him. You ready? I just dictated this from heaven. I like it when he calls me by my name. He said, Chad... People think that Jesus did his works of power through his divinity. He did not. He did his works of power through his dependency. And you say, well, what's the big deal with that? Here's the big deal. The person that gets to the table and stays at the table is the person that is best dependent upon someone else and not themselves. Even Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, did not heal anyone. He never healed anyone. 
he says, it is not I that do these works. It is the Father who lives in me. Jesus' signs and wonders ministry did not come from an anointing. It came from his own ability to be dependent upon his Papa. You can't handle the next 10 minutes, I promise you. You can't. Nobody. I'm telling you, you can't. Because here's the deal. If you believe half of this, then it holds me and you accountable to why in the world we spend so much time in Lodi Bar. Well, I'm not an apostle. I'm just a teacher. Let the apostles do the apostles' work. Can you prove that biblically? Get rid of that nonsense. That's worse than witchcraft. Well, I hadn't been to Randy Clark school. I hadn't had that anointing. I hadn't been through a fire tunnel. I ha- I've, ne- I've never received the gift. Why don't you go get the gift and quit it instead of always asking why you hadn't received it? The gift was given at Calvary. If we look at the gift this way all the time, oh God, why hadn't you touched me? He touched you at Calvary. Turn around and touch it. When I get to this table, what does that mean? Well, I'm just going to spend the rest of my life saying, thank you so much that you indwell me and that I'm favored. Wait a second. We're all favored. The point of the table is not for you just to eat. You can't eat all the time. There's time in between meals. What are you doing in between meals? You're supposed to be into the streets doing the works of sons and daughters. Jesus did not do his works of power from an anointing. He did his works of a power through his dependence upon his papa. So check this out. He hears an audible voice. This is my father who I'm well pleased. This is my son who I'm well pleased. This is my baby boy, actually, in the Greek, who I'm well pleased. Then goes into a desert for 40 days. He is tempted so viciously that angels have to come to attend to him. He is led there by the Holy Spirit. But when he comes out of the desert, we see him encompassing something we haven't seen yet. He's led out by the power of the Spirit. Power is produced when my connection with the Father is really tight. The purpose of me sitting at the table is not just to say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. The purpose is to do something with my favor. You don't have to take somebody you know to someone else to get prayer for. You can lay hands on them. If you have trained yourself that you're not the great woman or a great man of God, it's not the Father's fault. He can't write anything else more. There's nothing else he needs to share you, share with you. I, 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 do, I do have a small word of warning for Bridgeway. I don't want to create a culture to where we always come here to get a word. We should be getting words at the table and bringing them to other people. Oh, I just hope I get a word at church this morning. Why didn't you get one when, last night? I'm confused. Help me out here. Is the table here or not at the house? You know, maybe we just need to stay out of Lodi Bar. You can get to such a place where you write down your dreams in your journal before you have them. Don't look at me weird. I'm telling you. You can get to a place where you can have a conversation with the Father, and that conversation is finished in a dream at night. So here's what I'm trying to say. I want to make this so practical a South Carolina fan can understand. You ready? All right. All right. We're 40 days out. I'm just poking a little bit. I'm going to make this real simple. That's the table of favor. This is the table of desolation. I can be as favored as someone at that table but live my whole life in Lodi Bar. Nobody is favored more than anyone else at the kingdom. But I'm going to say something you hear no one else hardly ever say. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say it. No one's favored more than anyone else. But people walk in a larger amount of favor than other spirit-filled believers. 
And it has nothing to do with God's sovereignty. It has everything to do with me laying my own grave clothes down. We are, if you are in Christ, you are favored. But Peter walked on the water, the other 11 didn't. You know that you're really connected to the king's table when you don't stay in boats, you live on water. The purpose of intimacy and favor is not just for you to enjoy, it's to give it away. And I can prove this in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Abram, leave everything you've ever known and go to the land in which I will show you. I'm going to bless you, comma. I'm going to bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Abraham, look up. You're going to be a blessing to the nations. The purpose of my own connection to the king's table is not just for me. It's never been for me. All I am is a conduit of blessing to someone else. I prayed for someone recently. It was during worship. This person did not know what I was saying. The person began to violently cry. It was here. All I prayed was one thing. I said it about 50 times. Put your hand of blessing on him. Put your hand of blessing on him. Put your hand of blessing on him. I couldn't stop saying it. The purpose of you going to the table is not just for you. God has always been about multiplication. His middle name is multiplication. The goal is not for you to receive favor into your family. The goal is for your family to be so favored that other people are attracted to your family. And I just, I want to say this, and I, I really, I'm a nice person. If you get to know me, like I'm pretty boring and I'm pretty nice. There comes, a, there comes a point where you don't need to lean on someone else's favor or someone else's discipleship or someone else's mentoring. There comes a point where there should be apples on your tree and people should be coming to your tree and pulling apples. If an apple tree in year eight is saying, well, I just, you know, I, I just don't understand it. An apple tree in seven years is supposed to produce fruit. Here's what we do, though. We talk about the king's table a lot, and we think we're there, but we're still over in Lodi Bar. Why in the world would I want to reach for something that I've already been given? There should be such a high level of confidence, not in who I am, but who he is in me. In Philippians 2.7, it says it this way. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being when he appeared in human form. Jesus did not do all of the things through his divinity. Jesus did all those things through his dependency. Why? To be an example of what my life could be. If all I do is see Jesus Christ as someone that gets me somewhere when I die, I'll stay in Lodibar the rest of my life. There has to be so much more to the experience down here than just struggling every day to make it through. Doesn't there come a place where surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life? There has to be a point where I'm not yearning for it anymore. And in this house, for elders and for me and my wife and leadership and staff, oil has to flow from the top down. This series is more for me, elders, the staff here than anyone. Why? Because you can't take people where you're not. Only a free man can leave someone to freedom. And there's a severing going on right now at Bridgeway. There's a severing of this chain. There should not be many more prayers after this season that we're in of yearning for the table. Once you get to the table, you just stay at the table. How do you stay at the table? John 15, 1 through 5. Probably top five favorite verse that I, passage that I know. Graham Cook read a, wrote a 350-page book on these five verses. I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Mm, you don't like to talk about that. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more pr- fruitful. Pruning and discipline are not the same thing. He only prunes what he deems worthy of explosive growth. I would much rather be pruned than cut off. Pruning and cutting off feel the same. The difference is you start to see fruit being produced after a season of pruning. After a cutoff season, you start to see death and decay everywhere. A lot of people just think that they're, they're just in a season of grooming by God, and that's why he's being so quiet. You've, you've actually been putting a major time out, and there is no fruit. Matter of fact, there's a stench. I want people, I want, it, I want in the spirit, I want myself to smell like a strawberry garden, an apple orchard, a potpourri farm when people get around me. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me. Remain in me. Oh, man. If this was my last sermon ever at Bridgeway, I would say this. Remain in him. Drop mic. I'm out. That's it. Remain in him. Why is he saying remain in him? Because it's possible to not. <laughs> Lodi bars my home. It's just what I'm destined for. It's always someone else. Just not me. You know what? Grow up. We just need to grow up. I, I, we all just need to grow up. Get to the table. Remain in, the, remain in me. Remain in the table. Remain in the table. Remain in the table. Well, you don't know what it's like to have my dad. Well, you don't know what it's like to have my mom. You don't know what it's like to have my job. My Listen, man. <sighs> remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What if you knew that power that is so available to flow through you doesn't come from anointing, it comes from your ability to remain at the table? What if you also knew that it was scalable? I want to be so deep in the table that my shadow heals people, not being metaphorical. John 14, 12, any man believes in me, he will do the same things I have done. Even greater things will he do because I'm going to be with the Father. Simon Peter was scared of a slave girl. Scared of a slave girl. Aren't you with him? Mm -mm, No. mm -mm. Never seen him. I thought you were pretty important to him. Never seen him. Don't you know him? Never seen him. The cock crows, Peter cusses, and he runs. 60 days later, his shadow's healing people. Well, that's just because the Holy Spirit's landed. Hang on. The Holy Spirit's landed on us too. What if Peter started remaining in the kingdom and the truth of who he was and who God was more than ever? What if you are one mindset shift away for shadow, your shadow healing someone? You say, well, what are you talking about? Guys, I've got some stories. I don't talk about a lot of stories. I got some stories. I got some stories. When you're at the table and your Hyundai dies... Instead of saying, oh, God, why me? Eloi, Eloi, lava sabachthani, you killed my Hyundai. <laughs> I looked at my wife. This is exactly what I said. God killed that car. There's no way I should be driving that thing anymore. No way. It's a popper car. That thing, it shook like it had a disease. <laughs> I had to turn it off at the going through the uh, drive-thru. Turn the thing off. And it's not a diesel. And it died. I was at the table and I said, I will not buy another car. The father's going to give me one. He killed that thing. He doesn't want me driving anymore. Ten days later, I land in Iowa. Had a, had a 
Full trip ticket. What do you call those things? Round trip ticket. I flew up there and drove back. I had a dream that I bought a red convertible with a black top. I get there. I told my wife, I said, I'm not, I'm not flying back. I'm driving back. Iowa is on the other side of nowhere. <laughs> Gary, yes, it is. It's, it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. You go through 900 miles of cornfields and take a left, and there's Dubuque, Iowa. I, I land. A man named Doug picks me up. He owned three car lots. I said, I need a car. He says, I got just a car for you. Well, he just happened to have a red convertible with a black top. When you're at the table, your expectation is different. I could have been in a different place when the, with the father when I was five years old. I wasn't in Lodi Bar because that's where he wanted me. When I'm at the table, power, breakthrough, healings, the angelic is a natural expression not of an anointing on my life, but on how much I'm abiding in that table. So here's what I'm trying to say. Quit looking for the great woman or great man of God to anoint you. You already are anointed. Get to the table and buckle yourself in. So here's what happens, and I'll close with this. Before Jesus chose his 12 disciples, he spent all night praying. You want to know why? He spent all night abiding. He spent all night remaining at the table. And he wakes up and he says, Simon, your name is this, but now it's this. Andrew, go get Nathaniel. What if you knew that the prophetic did not come through your fivefold gifting? And it did not come through you went somewhere and got anointed. What if the prophetic flowed through your ability to remain at the table and not in Lodi Bar? <laughs> what if it's just as simple as hearing your daddy's voice? It's, here, it's easier to hear daddy's voice at the table than it is out in some desert somewhere. The purpose of this table is not to give you goosebumps, it's to give you power because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, it's a matter of power. Power doesn't flow from anointing, power flows from dependency. To the degree in which I depend upon Papa is to the degree in which power will flow through me. If you need more power, you don't need more anointing, you need more dependency. Jesus conquered this idea of dependence. When he goes to raise Lazarus from the grave, he doesn't say, oh, Father, I just thank you that I've been abiding. I thank you that I've been abiding. Oh, God, I hope this works. He doesn't even talk to the Father. He doesn't ask him to do anything. He looks a dead man, been dead three days. The stench is horrific, and people are screaming all around him. He says, Father, I don't do this for, your, for my glory, but for yours. Lazarus, get up. Authority comes from this table. Power comes from this table. What Steve didn't tell you is that when his boat flipped up, Two sermons ago, flipped over, I asked everyone in here, get a word from the Father and learn to hear from yourself. And what the Father told Steve is, call this boat resurrection because I'm going to save the boat. Is that a true story? And he's already ordered the decals. That boat was graveyard dead. It should have been dead. Small problem was God says something different. In the spiritual realm, that realm becomes more of a reality to you than the natural realm, but you have to be at the table. The person beside you is not more anointed. They're just at the table perhaps tighter than you are. And here's what I'm saying. If the, if, the, if the father says, hey, I don't want you to just come to the table. Why don't you just sit down here by me? There's, the God is so big that we all can sit by him. Don't just get to the table and say, well, I'll, just, I'll hang out here in the corner. And whenever y'all are done eating, just flip me something to eat. No, I just want to say, excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. 
The people that the father elevates in his kingdom are the ones that say, excuse me, pardon me. I got to get to Papa. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. You know what? I don't need some global leader to come in here and lay his hands on me. I got the hands of Jesus Christ on me. So you know what I've chosen to do? I've just chosen not to go the social media route. You know why? It's not to be a pill. It's not to be difficult. I just, I just really believe all I need is the Father. All you need is the Father. All your business needs is the Father. You know, some of you are Googling right now, is there a training class I should take? Yeah, there is a training class. You should read Colossians 100 times between now and Christmas. You might not need to fly to somewhere across the world to get training on how to learn your business a little bit better. There's more favor in nine seconds with Papa than there is in a million years of trying to learn stuff up here. You just got to be a kid. You got to be dependent. You got to be dependent. What if the prophetic became so natural to you that you were hearing him on things that aren't even that important? I want to get to where that realm trumps this realm. Okay. All right, let's stand up. Whoever fixed the air in here is about to get a raise. It hadn't been hot all day. <laughs> After worship night, I'm like, wait a minute now. It's like Quadabacay, Haiti. I'm going to ask our prayer servants to come forward. And we just want to continue to pray for people. If you want courage to go from there to here, if you want courage to, to if there's not enough power flowing through your life and you realize that it's not because of knowing, it's because of a lack of remaining, then come get prayer. We're not going to beat you on the side of the head. We're not going to fuss at you. We're not going to condemn you. We're going to bless you. We're going to love, love on you. If you would, just open up your hands like a kid. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. May no restaurant be safe this week. May no fast food be safe this week. May your light step into someone else's darkness and they get to eat of the fruit off your tree. In Jesus' name, amen.